Okay, so this is the next episode of I Talk to My Cat About Whatever is on My Mind. Um, this episode, I want to talk about Fallout 4. I tried to do it before, but for a number of reasons that are mostly my fault, it didn't, uh, it didn't pan out. And I'm not sure if I'm going to leave that episode or leave it up, but consider it... <laughs> Consider it not worth your time. It wasn't very good. Either way, I've been thinking a lot about why why it's so important to me as a game. Because it's, according to a lot of people, and I think if you really look at it, I can agree, it's not, it's not extraordinarily, like, like, special on the sense of, like, it doesn't provide an experience that theoretically another game could not provide right like it's it's relatively linear despite trying to have an open world with lots of options and it has um i don't know i i'm not exactly good at naming its flaws for reasons which are i I suppose i'll get into but more importantly the game is relatively important to me and i have a hard time seeing its flaws because it is so important to me but i think I don't know, I think the game is really important to me because it came up to me at such a weird point in my life, and so I think I'm going to talk about that today. Uh, sorry, I have a cold, so I'm going to be sniffling a bit, but yeah, so I got Fallout, Fallout 4, and it is considered the weakest of Fallout games as far as I'm, as you can tell, and I can probably understand why i probably would explore the other ones if it wasn't so like old like the graphics are just so bad i I can't i I always want to look at like new vegas because it's supposed to be amazing but i just can't get over the graphics but i'm rambling okay so fallout 4 i got fallout 4 for christmas last year yeah last year yeah last year so It's now been a year since I got the game, and so I feel like I can probably more accurately talk about what the game was so far from the time of, like, when I got it, so very end of December, all the way until mid-April, like, around AP time, like, AP testing time, I played that game religiously. I have, I'm pretty sure, about 10 hours into my main character, and then I played, like, another... Oh, not sorry, not not ten hours, ten days. Whoops, uh, whoopsies, ten days into one character, and then like another day and another character that I just played around with, um, for just from those four months, and I did a lot in that character. I finished the world. Um, I ended up siding with the railroad for anyone who actually played the game, not so much because I agreed with them, but because it felt weird to include the Minutemen in all that mess, even though I, I definitely agreed with the Minutemen more. I, the more, the bigger issue was that I didn't agree with the, with the Brotherhood of Steel, because I am too empathetic to, um, to, to pretend as if I can tell whether or not synths are really human. Um, I, that's probably not going to make sense to someone who didn't play the game, but there you go. Um, I'm not here to really explain it, I don't think. I just want to talk about why it's important. So, why is it important to me? I think 
it's because it showed me a few things about myself. And I was watching a video, which is part of why I'm doing this now, um, by a dude named Nakey Jakey. <laughs> He's a weird YouTuber. I really like him, but um, he was talking about why Dark Souls was important to him. And he was talking about how it came at him in this time where he needed, like, like motivation and stuff. And I think that was part of what it was. Because I wasn't as motivated then, I don't think. Because I was in middle of sophomore year, and I hadn't... I've always wanted to be a writer, but I hadn't really realized that I... that me not writing, because I didn't write, like, ever, except for maybe once every two months, because I thought inspiration was what defined when you should and shouldn't be writing, right? Because, obviously, you should only write with inspiration. And so I hadn't really, I hadn't really examined myself then. And I was in a place where school's always been easy for me, and so... Oftentimes, the accomplishments that I have in school don't mean anything to me, because if I got them without trying, that's not really worth my time, right? And so, I mean, I was just kind of floating around, sort of, I think. And not only that, but I hadn't realized the potential of video games. Like, I had an Xbox for, like, a year at that point, if not, like, two years, and I'd barely touched it. The only game I'd ever played was Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> it's the one that takes place during the French Revolution. Um, and it was it was a fine game, but it was very linear and bland. It's a stealth game, uh, like all Assassin's Creed games are. And I've always been a fan of stealth games, but they're not they're not engrossing in the same way that open world RPGs are. And so I don't know. I really. I, I, I didn't realize that games could engross me, because I'd only ever experienced Assassin's Creed Unity, and that isn't exactly a, a engrossing experience. But then I got Fallout 4, and from the moment I put it in there, I went in there knowing nothing about the game. It was several years old by that point, I think, if not at least a few years old, and it was... I'd never heard much about it. I knew that it existed, because I'd seen the little, little Vault Boy, little Vault Tech Boy with the thumb, right? Because, I mean, I knew that existed, and I'd probably seen, like, a MatPat, like, a game theory about it before, you know? Because, like, you, if you watch game theories, you watch game theories about games you never played. And so stuff about, like, the radiation and things like that, but I was not at all familiar with the story. And I wasn't familiar with the opening, <laughs> which is... Like, because, I mean, the opening is hinted at in the trailer, as far as I understand, with the expo- with the uh, explosion of nuclear bomb and stuff, but I had no idea what to expect. So when I opened the game, and I instantly, and this was what, like, they had the whole montage with the war never changes and all that, I think I accidentally skipped through it <laughs> the first time I played, so I didn't even really get that. Or if I did, I didn't, I didn't, I forgot that it existed the second time I started a game up with it. Like, I, I didn't even, that wasn't what defined, the first thing that defined me was the fact that I got to play as a girl, which was, I mean, and I realize now it's not that amazing and that it can be better, but, I mean, that was the first thing for me, because when I was in that other game, the, uh, the Unity game, I was stuck as a dude, and not only that, there wasn't a lot of options for character expression, which is really important to me, because I'm a Jenny, for anyone who's familiar with that, um, <laughs> that theory about games with Spikes and Jennies and Timmies and Tammies and, yeah. I'm someone who values 
in, um, who values originality in the way I express myself within games. Basically, that's what a Jenny is. But that's beside the point. So the point is that I really valued the character creation thing, which was the first thing that consumed me about the game. And it was super low-key and simple. So I was like, yeah, well, sure, let's create my character. I gave her every single scar possible <laughs> because that's the kind of person that I am I don't know I'm kind of a masoch or sadist in that sense I suppose I don't know I like to make my characters like for lack of a better term kind of badass and I for some reason associate a bunch of vaguely disfiguring scars on my character to make them badass who knows <laughs> and then I named her after one of the book characters from my previous project got the and that was always fun and good. And then the game started. And I was pretty, it was pretty, seemed pretty low-key. It was whatever. I was, you know, doing around the house, talking to the husband that I was having. And at the time, I thought I was straight. So, you know, I didn't even think much about it. And I had this little kid, and it was cool, and it was cute, and that was fun. Cosworth seemed pretty chill, you know, all that stuff. And then the little vault, the vault dude, uh, the vault tech representative comes to the door and you're like, okay, I guess I'll talk to him, try out these new dialogue options, all these controls. And it was pretty new to me because I'd only ever really played Assassin's Creed, which is very, it does a lot of stuff for you. Like combat is really easy and a lot of the, the stuff in Assassin's Creed is much more, um, it's pretty made, much made for casual players, really. Like it isn't. It is an intent, incredibly luck-based or, like, not intense, basically. Assassin's Creed is, is super surface-level gameplay. It's not very interesting, for me at least. Um, I can only do, like, one of those challenges before I get bored. But <laughs> uh, So I was in there, and already the controls were a little different. I wasn't used to first-person, although I, I really love first-person games now. Like, it's one of my favorite ways to play a game compared to third-person. Um... And so, yeah, I was walking around in the weird little housewife outfit that they have you in with, like, the pants. It's weird. Um, and then the bomb goes off. And that's, I don't know, it because I had, didn't, didn't expect it. Because for people who haven't uh, Fallout, you start off as your little, like, fifth, like, not 50s, but, like, futuristic 50s, like, house or whatever. You got yourself a husband or a wife, depending on which character, gender you play as. Um, but it doesn't affect the story at all. It's just, you're either a mother or father, depending on your choice. And then the world dies. <laughs> you have an, There's, like, a huge explosion. And, uh, and for some reason, like, so you, you have to run to the vault, you have to go hide, whatever, all that stuff. But for some reason, even though I suppose it wasn't, like, I, like the world had to end. I knew it was a post-apocalyptic game, but for some reason, seeing the explosion like that, when I, it made the world feel real. And from that moment on, I think I always, the world always felt so much realer for me. Like, as, even, like, I was coming out of the vault, my baby was gone, my husband was dead. Spoilers, sorry. It's a really old game, though, so, I mean, it's your fault if you haven't played it. It's a great, it's a great game, but, um, when I left the vault, and I, the first time I got attacked by those uh, cockroaches, I was terrified because I didn't have the uh, easy combat of Assassin's Creed. But all of the things that uh, that Fallout 4, like, the world felt so real. And I can't explain why <laughs> when there are giant, like, rad roaches everywhere. And, like, 
I don't know. For me, as someone who had never really played a, an intense and realistic, like emotionally realistic, I should say, game in any sense, I I really valued the the way the world made me feel to be in it. Like you really felt like the world had once been something and now it was a husk of that. And I don't know if that was because they allowed you to see Sanctuary Hills, you know, at the beginning where the world, you saw the Sanctuary Hills, the neighborhood where you lived as a real thriving place with real people in it. And then flash forward and now it's just decimated, right? And I don't know if that's part of it because it it helps ground the world. So you realize that the rest of the world is equally as just gone, right? Like it used to be something else and now it's not. And... I don't know, I think that that was a good choice on their part, because as someone who didn't expect it, like, didn't expect anything out of the game, I was really, like, the world felt real from that moment on for me, and it was the point where, and I don't know how this would maybe, I'm flashing forward a lot, but when you first, when I first had to go into the, uh, what is it called in the game, the sea, the the sea of radiation, what's it called, the... The glowing sea, there we go, which is really the site like where the uh, where the worst of the bomb hit is. Um, it's in the, what is it, the west, southwestern corner of the map. It's like, it's, it's a really huge location, and it's just decimated. And I don't know why, but when I first walked through there and I realized what it was, I was legitimately emotionally moved by it. And I don't know why. <laughs> I mean... I suppose I shouldn't have been, or at least I suppose it wasn't exactly like the game told me to be, feel like that. It just did. And I think that's because the world felt so real to me. And I think one of the reasons why that is is because I was legitimately afraid when I was playing the game, especially at the beginning, because I was so new to it. And I was the combat was so much harder than anything I'd ever experienced, even though you had VATS. And VATS is, makes everything so much easier. But ever since... Like, okay, so... When you ha- when you start the game back and you come back and you talk to Codsworth and then you go to find the dog, you find the dog at the red rocket gas station and then you walk over. I've played this a lot. I've played, played through this several times, if you can't tell. And then you have to go down, in, or you don't have to, but usually, usually if you want to meet all the factions, you go down into, uh, what's it called? What, what is it? What's the city? There's like a little, you go into like a little town. It has a name. I just don't remember what it's called right now. You go into this town, and then you have to, um, you have to help this the Minutemen. You have to help the Minutemen, like escape, and you have to deal with all the raiders. And I died like a couple times there. I died because of the little mosquitoes that are eating this like little this Brahmin outside of the town. I died like a thousand times, and I think all the times that I died there, it reinforced to me how dangerous this world was. And I had no idea how to do combat. I had no idea how to do anything. And so I entered this this game, a little baby gamer. I had no idea how to play anything other than, like, the easiest form of combat possible. And I died at every turn. And I didn't understand all of the mechanics of the game, or any game for that matter, really. And I died a bunch. (laughs) And I had no idea what was going on. And the controls were so new. And... And because of that, I think everything felt so much more real to me because all the threats were so real. Like, they weren't just code or just graphics or whatever. They were real. When I saw the little mosquito things, I didn't just think, oh, another enemy. I thought, 
oh, this is like a real thing that could hurt my character, right? And I don't know why it's not like there's an intense consequence for death other than that you lose your saves, but quick saves, you know? But I think a couple bad experiences with quick saves made that, like where you accidentally forgot to quick save and then you lose everything. I don't know though. I think it made everything feel more real because you had to try not to die. And I don't know. I think because death felt so real and because some of the characters, I'll say some, because a lot of them for me I had no connection to, but there were definitely some of the characters felt super real. And I, because of that, I gave the world real stakes. And that meant that everything that I experienced from that world, in the world from that point on was pretty real for me when I experienced it. And so when I saw the glowing sea for the first time and I was actually attached to the world because I was attached to my life within the world, I... And I, and I saw the, and I remember, and they show it to you. They show what caught, what created the glowing sea. I had this legitimately emotional reaction of, oh, people lived here. Even though people hadn't lived there. It was in a video game. It wasn't real, but it felt real. And it felt to me as if I was legitimately seeing a world that was gone. And I don't know, I've never quite been able to pinpoint why. Because it's not like, I don't know. I mean, everyone else who's ever played the game doesn't seem to think it's much special, but for me, I suppose because it was my first, my first video game that I really played, it means so much more to me, you know? And like, okay, so as I said, I was terrified of everything when I started playing this game. Like, I, even just approaching regular old-fashioned, like, rad roaches and, um, what are they called? Little flying... (sighs) The little flies that shoot stuff at you. Oh, I've never had to talk about it, so I don't know what they're called. Uh, whatever. They're flies that shoot stuff at you. They're they're pretty distinctive. They're they're baseline enemies though. Bloat flies. There we go. I think they're bloat flies or some some variation of that anyway. Um, when they shoot stuff at me and stuff, they would kill me almost instantly. And I think because you're so fragile at the beginning of the game, even when you're playing in easy mode, and also because I didn't know how to do combat, but I um. I don't know. Everything was terrifying to me. Because if the insects were terrifying to me, then the death claw that you have to face when you're trying to save the Minutemen is 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 dem- so much more terrifying than even like you even realize. And when you and you interact with like a Yaogwai, which is like they're like these bears and stuff like that, like I'm running. I'm not fighting them half the time. I'm just bolting because I'm so terrified of fighting them that for a long time. I refused point blank to fight, uh, what's it called? Super mutants. I completely avoided them for the first probably 50 levels of the game, even though I can definitely kill them in lower levels. I just, because I made the world feel real to me, everything had stakes. Even, even little stuff like fighting (laughs) these little super mutants, which are actually not that terrifying i made terrifying i made the experience my own and i made the world feel real with the pieces that they gave me and i don't know if other people ever felt like that from but i mean it felt so real to me when i played it when i when i encountered super mutants i was legitimately afraid when i heard the tick 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 of the suicide or like super mutants i was terrified and not in a way where you're, like, terrified as, oh, crap, I'm gonna die again. It's, like, a legitimate, like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to die. And I, I don't know. And that's the first bit. And then 
when I when I finally had to so in the game the objective is to find your kid because your kid got kidnapped and whatever I don't know I never really cared about my kid (laughs) I suppose that's bad to say but I I cared so much more about the world than I ever cared about like the kid character or the father father dude the institute guy whatever I don't know. The thing that I cared about more was just the general struggle, I guess, between, like, the different factions. I don't know. I'll get into it. But when I first had to leave, because you have to go to Diamond City to find um, more information about your son. That's, like, the next step after you find Sanctuary or whatever. You talk to Mama Murphy and you talk to some other people and they're like, hey, Diamond City seems like a pretty good place to go. And I don't know. So I was, like, I was kind of (laughs) terrified because... Every place I'd explored up till that point was, like, so, so intense and scary. And I would encounter these bugs and Yaogui and Death and uh, death Claws. Yeah, Death Claws. And, like, all this stuff. And I was just so terrified. And everything felt so real, right? And so I... But I did it anyway. Because I, I like exploration. It's one of my favorite parts about Fall of Floor is that it rewards exploration on all facets if you jump to the top of a building or whatever because you notice that there's a way to get up there there's usually a reward it's not like one of the things i've been playing red dead recently and one of my my least favorite parts about this game is it does not reward exploration like i do all this work to find this new house or i do all this work to go find this new location and there's nothing you know and like I don't know, well, Fallout 4 was so different, because if you climbed the top of the building, there would be some skeleton in a lawn chair with <laughs> with a Nuka-Cola in its hand, or there would be, like, in some of the subways, there are these, like, teddy bears, and they the, the developers put them in these weird positions, like, you'll have, there's one with a teddy bear doing surgery on another teddy bear in the middle of an abandoned subway, and it's just... That kind of stuff makes the world feel so much more fun. And, like, it rewards you for looking around. And the game, Fallout 4, is constantly reinforcing the idea that anywhere can be valuable if you just look. And there's always more stuff. And you need the stuff because it helps you build settlements. But that's beside the point. So point is it reinforces this idea of exploration. And I love that because, for me, it made... It gave me an excuse to just constantly explore. Everywhere. Always. But... That, that's part of the reason why I set out on the whole journey to find Diamond City. I didn't really care so much about the kid. Like, I didn't have as much of a connection. I just wanted to see the world. Like, it was just so... I don't know. It was just wonderful. And I don't... I don't remember when I discovered Diamond City Radio. So I'm just going to talk about it here. But I could have discovered it after I went to Diamond City. Who knows? But there's a radio. Um, Diamond City Radio. It It plays a bunch of, like radioactive-themed, like, 50s and 60s and 30s and 50s. I think it's, like, 50s and 30s and stuff like that songs. I don't know. The one song that I really know is Anything Goes by Cole Porter because, I don't know, it got stuck in my head when I when I was playing the game, and it was just... I don't know. I like the song a lot, but... um, In olden days, a glimpse of stalking was thought of as something shocking. You know, that song. But, I don't know, something about that... That's that playlist mixed with the atmosphere of the apocalypse. It gives the game such a weird and like unique feel in a way that I've never really been able to get sense because all these other games, they take place in these conventional settings. It's the, the West or it's like the future, generic like high tech future or it's space or it's let's see what else. What else have I played? 
or like it's some historical setting, but it's all so conventional and it's not new or interesting. It's the same place that I've seen in every movie, in every, like every work of fiction ever, but the world of Fault 4 feels all its own because it is all its own. It's this wonderful combination of like, like, you know, pretty future stuff, futuristic stuff with like stylistic 50s looks and like I know it's not accurate but it makes the world feel its own you know and then you have and you combine that with that that unique aesthetic with like these weird and interesting like like people that you meet and they feel like people they don't feel like NPCs at least to me like for example there's this one if you're traveling on like the eastern side at least for me that's where I found him there's this guy, and he, he tries to sell you this credit card for $100, or 100 caps, um, and he sells you a credit card, something that you've never heard of before, he calls it a charge card, and he's like, here, I have this brilliant idea, and he comes up to you, and he seems really down to earth, he seems real chill, like, he's like, you know, he seems almost stupid, right, <laughs> he has this, like, like, you know, almost fake stupid tone, and he's like, here, just give me 100 caps, and this charge card is now worth 100 caps, and then you can charge it to any vendor, it's like a new thing that I'm inventing, and I bought it from him mostly because I just wanted to see what was going to happen, but it's a scam, he's scamming you out of your money, <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, it's just funny, because like, weird interactions like that, where you'll, like, have a dude that comes up to you and tries to sell you a credit card and then laughs when you leave. Or, like, I don't know. You just meet all these weird and interesting people. And every person, or, I mean, NPC, I guess, but they really feel like people that you meet in the world. Even if your dialogue options are not that interesting, they feel interesting. Like, you see their interactions and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, you have an interesting character. And there are some characters that don't not hit for me at all. Like, Deacon, I have no idea what his thing is at all. He is, I had him as my companion, went all the way to the end. But I still do not get who he is, like, at all. And then, but then there are some that really got to me. Like, um, let's see, oh, Hancock. Hancock is one of my favorites. I really loved Hancock. He was one of my favorite companions to have. And... Who else? Um, what was his name? I don't know his name anymore, but he was, he's an assassin dude, or assassin, hired gun. He's a hired gun that you meet in, um, in the, the city, the, the one that Hancock's the mayor of. Oh, what's it called? I'm not good with names at all, but it's, it's a, I'll come up with the name eventually, but it's the one that Hancock's the mayor of. It's, it's pretty obvious. He's the dude that you meet in the, in the bar, the three, ra- the third rail, third rail, I think is his name of the bar. It says, like, the robot bartender. See, the point is, though, notice how I'm remembering the people, not the names of the places, right? Like, that, the fact that the, what I remember the most is that bar with the robot bartender. Or, like, I'm remembering all these character traits about these people because they feel real. Like, you feel like when you enter these places that they are living places with these living characters. And... I mean, obviously, that's not, like, unique to Fallout 4, but for me, it was the first time I'd ever experienced that, because when you play, like, <laughs> when you play Assassin's Creed, which, the reason I was, is because it's the only game I'd ever played up to that point, was none of the people are real, they're just m- crowds for you to hide in, or enemies for you to kill, or every once in a while, the bland love interest that you're supposed to care about, but you don't, you know, like, it's not, it never really felt like a real place with real consequences, you know, versus like 
I don't know. I think that it was very different for Fallout 4. And not to say that it didn't have flaws. I think the main quest, as interesting as it can be, if you think about it as a moral, like, question, I think that the side missions were so much more interesting. Because I spent the first 50 or so levels legitimately just doing side missions. Like, I didn't do anything else. I just explored and explored and explored. And I don't know. Like, for example, Covenant. The Covenant um, problem with the... With the girl who's um, who's a, who's like a synth or whatever, like I don't know. It was just, I mean, obviously there's not a lot of room for real moral. Like you can't be evil involved for. Someone made that point when I was watching videos, and I and I know that, and I suppose that when I see that, I see the flaws in it. But I don't know. For me, even with that, just contemplating the complexities of the moral situation, like in Covenant, you have. Like, there's a legitimate question of, like... So, basically, the Covenant is a, like, settlement that was founded specifically as a way of, like, protecting them from the Institute, which is, like, the big baddie of the game. And also um, protecting them from synths. And so, like, the whole goal is, like, they don't want synths, and synths are bad. Synths being synthetic humans, which is where a lot of the big questions of the game come, like are synths human because they're made, right? Or, or not human, but do they, are they, do they, are they worthy of our empathy? Or do they need to be killed? Or are they capable of feelings? Things like that. And I don't think the game, like, tackles, tackles those questions, but even just raising them for me was enough for me to be interested in the whole thing. And I don't know, but I think that the Covenant thing was cool because they were super anti-synth. And, like, they... They, they were performing experiments on people using, like, their safe test, as they called it. And um, they were testing out on, like, travelers and stuff who failed their safe test. And they were testing out their new methods of figuring out whether or not they're synths. Because that's their whole goal. They want to see how they can, like, empirically prove that they are that p- the people that they are testing out are synths or not. And so at the end, you have the choice. Like, when you finally reach the... Not boss, but, like, the culmination of this little side mission is... You have to decide, do you support this, like, scientist lady who's, who has a legitimate motivation for, for wanting to, like, figure out, like, sense and eradicate them or whatever, which is what a lot of the baddies of the game want to do is eradicate the sense, at least in my opinion. Um, and, or do you save the person, but she could possibly be a synth, and she is a synth. If you kill her, or if she, if she gets killed, if you side with the baddie, because if she side with the baddie, the girl who has been kidnapped and who uh what who you're the reason why you're looking in the first place um is killed she's a synth she is a synth that's not a a lie like you can figure that later too because old man stockton her father works with the railroad which is specifically an organization that protects um synths that's their whole that's their whole thing um and so the point is that do you is it more important to develop this scientific way of figuring out synths? Or is it more important to whatever? And the answer's obvious. Like, the good answer's obvious. But just thinking about it, though. Even if, for me at least, even if I, if I was going to do the right thing and, and kill the evil scientist lady who was trying to kill this girl. Uh, even if that is the case, I, I still enjoyed having that, that question be put in front of me are scientific tests like that worth it and stuff like that and I don't know I I don't think that that the game is particularly good at what it does like I think it has a lot of flaws in the aspect of execution but 
for me at least, just having a game pose those questions to me was so wonderful and so, so new that I, I was just encapsulated. I was wondering what questions it would ask me next and I could think about them and I was legitimately alive when I played it and I don't know, it was just always, it always felt different and one of the moments that I, that really sticks out to me is so when I first had to leave and go to Diamond City and I had no idea of the controls and there was this moment, I, I, I was so close to dying so many times, and I was out of food, and the journey for me was long, because I didn't know where I was going. Like, now, nowadays, if I was in the game, I could easily find the safest, most comfortable path to Diamond City without any trouble. But I didn't know <laughs> where to go or how to get there. And so I ended up taking the most insane, most difficult, most stupid route to Diamond City possible, because I didn't like, think about, like, think, like, logic and how to actually get there, it was just sort of a, like, you know, I guess we're just gonna go straight, you know, (laughs) it was kind of a mess, and I ended up getting, like, super lost, and I, feral ghouls, which are terrifying to you when you first start, because they're so fast, like, it's not that they're, like, you know, particularly difficult to defeat, they're definitely harder to defeat than the bugs, but they're, they're, they're really scary to me the first time I interacted with them. And it came to the point where I actually avoided where I knew they were because I was too terrified to face them. Which, that doesn't tell you who I was when I started this game. I don't know, you know, what what does, right? Like, I, I avoided the things that terrified me. And I think to some sense I still do, but fault for it, if one thing it taught me was to just face it and you realize that it isn't nearly that scary. And I suppose that obviously something you know empirically, but when you learn it, in a game sense, it feels more real to you, right? Like, because you learned it, learned it. You weren't told it by an adult figure. You learned it, right? I don't know. But the point is, I remember this moment. And I I don't know exactly why, but I just remember this moment where I was surrounded by feral ghouls with no health left and terrified. And I was, it was so close to dying and... I remember I remembered quick save, but it still felt so real, right? The real fear that I was going to die. And every second that I was walking through, I'm pretty sure it was literally downtown Boston. Or maybe not downtown Boston, but it was in Boston. Like, it wasn't Boston Commons level scary, but it was, it was definitely some pretty intense, like, combat. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I spent most of the time running. Like, running was the number one thing that I did when I was trying to get to Diamond City. But I was dying. I was being chased by feral ghouls at every second. I saw some super mutants, and I got so scared that I ran away. I It was the most terrifying experience of my life trying to get to Diamond City. And it felt like a legitimate journey, because by the end, I would realized a lot of things about how to play the game. I'd actually defeated some feral ghouls. I'd c- collected some supplies from a grocery store. I'd experienced a lot of things in the game by the time that I got to Diamond City that when I got to Diamond City and I was still so freaked out the outside world was so scary to me and when I finally got to Diamond City and you meet Piper at the door and there's no longer these two terrifying feral ghouls everywhere like when I first saw the signs that say Diamond City this way and you see like the turrets and like the guard things that help protect the area from Diamond City the area around Diamond City you're like civilization I found it I found the thing that I'm looking for and I was so close to death for so long while I was going on that mission that when I finally saw it and I finally knew that I'd gotten to where I was I was just 
ecstatic. And when I finally got inside the green walls of the state of Diamond City, it took. I was so like enthralled in the beauty of the messiness of the place. Like, it took me ages to realize that Diamond City was referring to the fact that it was in a baseball stadium. Even as you're talking to Mo, the guy who's telling you who's selling you swatters, which are just like baseball bats, but. He, he deliberately he, he misinterprets and misunderstands the nature of baseball, which is just funny to me. But it took me ages to realize that it was the it was a, a baseball stadium originally, because I was so enthralled in the in the wonder of a real civilization. Because I was so terrified at all the scary things and at all of the just intensity that when I got into Diamond City and it was this haven of civilization small civilization yes but civilization nonetheless that i i will never forget the first time that i walked in there and i saw the little rice robot the one that sells you like little little rice things and the first time that i walked into all the different or walked to all the different shops and the first time that i met all these people that even though they're not exactly deep characters, they still mean so much to me. Like the the weird stoner dude that tells you that tells you all the the uh, the chems and like the that robot Percy, I think is his name, who um, who fills in for Mirna at night, <laughs> and um, and the Arturo, I think, is the name of the dude that sells you guns and all this stuff. I've never felt that connected to a place as I have with Diamond City, as I have even to a lesser extent with um, with the city where Hancock is in charge. But Diamond City, especially for me, I because it was such a haven after all that fear and that uh, intensity. When I finally discovered Diamond City, I was terrified to leave it again because it was so. The contrast was so wonderful, and it felt like home. Diamond City did and still does to me feel like home because I worked hard to get there. And I don't know if I've ever really felt that way in a video game. Not not since. It was it was just so different, Diamond City, when I first got there because I had worked so hard to get there. And that is one of the most profound moments I had in the game because I... I got a reward for some seriously scary, seriously really hard work that I did. And I know that empirically it should not have been hard or scary or any of these things because it was just a video game, but it still was. It was still a really profound experience and the emotions of it, I remember just as intensely as any real world emotion. And I don't know. I think it was an interesting thing for me. And I don't know. In the walls of Diamond City, I gained a lot of confidence in the game. And I explored a lot of the pathways and all that. But I don't know. I don't think that I ever really needed the plot to be that deep. You know, because it isn't. A lot of the plot is relatively, like, sub, like, not, not that deep. And the decisions are relatively superficial. But I don't know. I think, for me at least, it was more that I got the privilege to be in this wonderful world full of wonderful, weird people. And I don't know. It was nice. It was a. It felt like I was part of a community, despite everything. And I had 
all of these different, like, people that I could talk to, and, like, I don't know. And then, (laughs) one of my favorite weird things that happened to me while I was playing this game, which I just thought of, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is, um, there was this moment, (laughs) so I got, I, uh, because I love, like, just generally exploring, right, one of my favorite things, because Fallout 4 rewards you for exploring on all aspects, including <laughs> stealing, you know, because you can break into people's houses and stuff. You can, like, lockpick their way into their houses when they're not looking and all that stuff. And Diamond City especially is fun for that because you are, there constantly are guards everywhere. And so when you can finally break into somewhere and steal stuff, it feels <laughs> so good. And it's so bad that I think that. But I love stealing in video games. Um, and so when I... Uh, was in Diamond City, and I finally got really comfortable, one of the things I started doing was stealing from places. I started from stealing from this little, like, supply cabinet thing, but there's no people in there, so there's no threat. But I made the poor decision <laughs> to um, to try to steal from the house of Myrna, which is the lady who runs the general store so like the one that has like all the basic stuff like mostly just like scrap which is really valuable stuff but not in the same way that like guns are like she sells scrap and like basically everything else but generic other stuff and then scrap and so her robot runs the store at night and she she runs the store during the day and well, in most versions, she runs the store during the day, I should say. In the version, the first, my first game, um, so I broke into her house, and immediately she attacked me with her, with her gun, and so of course I shot her, because, no duh, I didn't want to die, you know? And then everything got utterly insane, because I didn't realize, but uh, the Diamond City, like, security does not exactly support like you know you murdering people in their town and i probably would have just gone back to a previous save but the problem was that i hadn't quick saved like i was i went on a long journey before i got back to diamond city like this is way in but i had just done something really important and i'd collected all this stuff and i'd done all this thing and to go back just to save this person's life and like not be in trouble with Diamond City. It just seemed so... Oh, such a waste of time. So, instead... <laughs> what I did is... I, I tried to leave, right? And get out. But the thing is, I... I, I, I can't remember why I had to leave my power armor. I was wearing power at the time. Because I was going on a really scary quest before I came back to Diamond City. Which is why I couldn't, you know, go back to my previous save. And i think my power armor died i think my fusion core died or something in the middle of the diamond city people trying to kill me and the number of times i died trying to escape diamond city because every single robot and every single guard was trying to kill me was insane the amount of people that i had to kill to get out of there and number of times how many times i died oh man it was intense and <laughs> oh man i feel really bad though because poor percy had to be the like main robot dude for us time the game eventually reset itself and so i could go back into diamond city but mirna never came back (laughs) she was long dead oh man i i don't know stuff like that happening was always fun because you had to get yourself out of the chaos and unlike stuff like assassin's creed it didn't 
It wasn't super linear right then. It was just utter chaos. And I had to take advantage of every opportunity, every chem, everything that I had in my possession to get out of there alive. And I did, right? And it was moments like that where you're like, hell yeah, I am so cool. I just got out of there. I am on fire. And those things, like escaping Diamond City means more to me than any A that I've ever gotten. (laughs) Getting through Diamond City means more to me than any A I've ever gotten on anything, right? And like, I don't know. It's, I think 2018, if anything, for me was defined by that, by that realization that some successes mean more than others and having those good successes those ones that actually had to work for and shed tears for even means so much more to me than any like superficial meaningless a like I got this year this semester I should say I had one of the hardest math classes that I've ever taken in my entire life and I was convinced that I would get out of there with a b and at least right now I don't know if it's going to change, but I have a 90 in that class, and I am so proud of that 90, but even if I wasn't, even if it was an 89.4, I would be so much more proud of that 89.4 than I would ever be proud of the 99, 105s, all the crap that I've gotten in my other classes, because I didn't work for those, right? And I think what Fallout 4 taught me was that just because something is scary, or just because something is hard, it... It's more worth it to complete that task and see the other side of it than it is to than it is ever to win at something easy. And I don't know I, I don't think that it's exactly a unique game for teaching that. Like I think Dark Souls and other games like that can probably teach it better, but for me it was a really good intermediary beginner game and it it gave me I don't know, it gave me a little bit of, uh, of like, motivation and intensity of emotion that I've, I haven't felt from media really in a long time. And I didn't, I don't really generally feel that much connection towards media. Like, there are a few pieces of media that I really love. Like, Punisher is one of my favorite pieces of media out there because it is such a good show and I, it's well done. But I love Fallout 4 not so much for its content, but for how it made me feel when I was there. The world itself is what drew me in, and the people are what made me stay. And the fact that I legitimately, like, cared about the Commonwealth in a way that I haven't... Like, when I'm playing Red Dead, I could care less about any of the characters or any of their like, intrinsic motivations, or anything, I don't care about Dutch, or I don't, or, and obviously, I'm still, like, in the beginning stage of the game, so, like, obviously, I I might end up caring about them more, but I don't care about Dutch, or, I think his name's John, or Arthur, or any of them, right, I cared more about the robot that I made in Fallout 4, this little robot companion I made for myself, his name was Keith, he had century, century feet, so, like, they're, like, these three, huge wheels and then he had an assaultatron torso and he had one big arm and one small one and then he had a sentry head i think i don't know his head got changed a lot but and he was as red and he was cool and he had all the best things and he was my favorite little little like companion i ever had because i made him and he was mine and 
he, Keith, the robot that literally had a clicking voice and had no story, meant, means more to me than anything that, that uh, Rockstar puts in the, another game, in uh, uh, Red Dead. It means more to me than anything I ever experienced in any other game. And that's super weird, right? Because theoretically, the characters of Red Dead should mean so much more to me, right? Because they have all this, like, character and depth and intensity. But Fallout 4 was just the right amount of messy where... And I love mess. (laughs) I mean, I don't know why exactly. I think charming messiness is one of my favorite qualities of a place, and it's one of the things that I hate about a lot of modern design is I think minimalism is beautiful, but I also love the messiness of older design and of, like, uh, just the the urban-type design, like, with bricks and, like, that kind of thing. And Fallout 4 did a good job of combining the aesthetics of minimalism in the sense of all those futuristic buildings that look distinctly like Fallout 4. They don't look like anything else to me at all. They look like Fallout 4. And and combining the messiness of post-apocalyptic chaos. Because I think the juxtaposition of the the squeaky clean 50s with the just misery and intensity and messiness of the apocalypse is is beautiful it's it's really wonderful because it 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 provides a contrast and it makes you really think about how bad the world has gotten but at the same time i almost love the commonwealth more for that messiness right because if it was just the 50s it was just like a bland 50s thing or just a bland apocalypse for that matter it wouldn't have the character that it does and i don't know i just I love it for that. I love the way that it feels to be in the world. When you hear Diamond City Radio, I I am instantly nostalgic. I feel so happy hearing all of those songs, talking to all those characters, visiting Diamond City for the thousandth time. I recently started replaying the game, which is why uh, I made that first episode, because I started replaying the game. And it's something that I think I return to whenever I'm really stressed out, too, because it's such a... It reminds me that I am in control, right? Because I think before that, I was still in very much a childlike state of, I am not in control of my own destiny. Teachers are going to tell me what to do. No one else is. What is problem solving? I've never heard of it. And Fallout reminded or taught me, really, that I could solve problems on my own without a teacher or a parent or anyone else telling me what was right or wrong or good or bad or anything like that. And I, I don't know. I think that that was really profound. And so whenever I'm stressed out, like during exams or when my grades are bad or anything like that, I go back to it because it reminds me that I can have control. And I think that that's probably bad in some sense because I think that I definitely probably should be more self-sufficient than that. But every once in a while, it's nice to go back to to thing now because I can continue to play the game. And every time I play it, it's a little bit different. And there's so much life to it. You know, and I suppose we all have that thing, right? That one thing that we experienced when we were young enough to... Ah, hi, kitty. Sorry, that's my cat. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. And we have that one thing that really, like, affects us, right? And Fallout 4 is that thing for me. And 
I don't know. For some people, it's Dark Souls. For some people, it's anything else, right? Like, Halo apparently seems to be a pretty important game to a lot of people, and... I don't know. I think it's testament to the power of games, though, that something like Fallout 4, a post-apocalyptic 50s little-themed game that doesn't even have the best story, right? Just has an interesting story in the sense that you do get to choose what side you pick based on your own ideas of are some humans or are they not? And I don't know. I, I think that between the idea that you did in some sense, have a choice of which side won, right? Like, the fact that it was your choice, yours alone, and at the end of the day, it was yours anyway, and that you had to kind of earn leadership in these organizations, and, like, it was your job, your duty to help all of these people and to meet all these people, and especially in some of the DLCs, like, uh, one of my favorites was the Nuka-Cola DLC, the Nuka World DLC, it's like this theme park themed around the drink new cola and it's been taken over by these groups of raiders and i mean it's it's very different from the gameplay because you are innately evil instead of being innately good really if you act on the foot in the part of the raiders and i mean at least for me because i did play along with the raiders i suppose i realized afterward you could have just killed all the raiders but i was not going to do that i was going to be raider leader and see what happened but point is that there was a certain life to it all and it challenged me in some ways, even if it was rudimentary, and it probably could have been made better. It was, it was mine. It was my experience, my choice on how I felt about it. And for some reason, I took it seriously. And even to this day, when I see a death claw, I am terrified. Even though it is just a video game boss, right? Like, it's just code, and it doesn't actually pose any threat to me. It still does, because it's, it's the world, and the world is mine, and real, and... When I see a Deathclaw, or a Yaogwai, or even a pack of Mongol dogs sometimes, like, they're real. When I see a Mother Mirelurk, you better believe I am running. <laughs> Unless I have a bunch of missiles or a nuka, nuka launcher. Like, all that kind of stuff, it, it makes the world feel real. The fact that the monsters feel real to me. And the fact that the people feel real to me. And I think for that reason, it's on its own. Fallout 4 will always be close to me. Because... No, no game world has felt that real sense. And I imagine that it never will. And I think that was part of the why Fallout 76 was so disappointing, right? Because, I don't know, I think I was really hoping for a new Fallout game, a real one. One that captured that emotion, but closer to the way that New Vegas was supposed to have made it feel, where it was actually your choice, right? Capture the nostalgia and the love that I feel for the soundtracks and the world building and the creatures and the the way that it feels to be in one of those games, but at the same time also does have something new to offer, right? But instead we just got this husk of a multiplayer, which is sad because NPCs are my favorite part. I have a charisma build. My entire build is charisma. So I had my character was so charismatic that I could make someone, like, fight for me and stuff like that. And I loved that part of the game, that I could care, that I could get my way out of conflict. Because I've never been much of a fighter in games. Simply with my, with my, like, charisma, right? And the fact that I could do that was so much fun. And, like, people do say that a lot of the stuff that happens in Vault 4, like, in the, in the, that, that thing, the, what's it called? I can't figure out the names for anything. I'm sorry. Um, 
the the special there we go like the the stats thing doesn't actually do anything but one of the things that it does do is the charisma and i loved the charisma bit because i i could legitimately manipulate how the game was played based on my charisma and it was actually affected by it and so for me that was another aspect of i could improve and the world would respond to that improvement i don't know i i'm rambling at this point but the to conclude fallout 4 is special to me not so much because of what's there but what i decided to make there and by how it helped me change the way i viewed myself where i realized that i could be in control and make decisions and solve problems without anyone telling me what the solution was where it didn't have like a like a this is the solution type thing like if you look in a lot of games they have like a like a assassin's sense or a, a just some way of them pointing out the solution to the problem for you, right? And I don't think Fallout 4 really ever did that. And I may be wrong, because I'm not exactly playing the game right now. That could be not the case. But the fact that the story was so character-driven and so wonderfully real and big and like chock-full of things and scary... It, it made the world real to me, and I love it for that reason. Even if the game is not necessarily as good as, it pre- as its predecessors, or even as good as some of the best um, RPGs out there, I, I think that for me it still has a leg up on games like Witcher, which I have played, and I did actually like Witcher a lot more. Yennefer is, is a goddess, and I love her. And yeah, Yennefer's a goddess. And... Stuff like that. Like, that like definitely means stuff, but nothing will ever mean the same to me as Fallout 4, I don't think. And I'm okay with that. Because Fallout 4 is, for me, a wonderful game because I decided it was a wonderful game. I don't know. Uh, take with that what you will. Play Fallout 4, especially if you're newer to gaming. Like, for me, it was it was really good. And it's pretty decently beginner-friendly because VATS is a really good... Because I did not aim in video games. I'm still bad at it, but... I was not good at it at all when I first got in there because Assassin's Creed doesn't have aiming. Um, I've since played games that actually require you to be strategic about, like, death and, like, dying and stuff. Like, uh, I played Far Cry right after that, Far Cry 5, and that was a very different experience, but it definitely taught me about, like, how to not die in video games because you're really fragile in that game in a way you're not fragile in Vault 4 or Assassin's Creed. Um... But yeah, so that's my that's how I got into video games for one thing. But that's how that's why Fallout Four is important to me, I think, and that's what I failed to capture in my first version. So I think we're gonna try to delete that. I don't know. We might just leave it up with a uh, disclaimer. Who knows? I I don't know. We'll figure it out. But that being said, uh, thank you for listening to me ramble about literally my favorite game ever. Um, I hope this was coherent to you. I hope that you can relate too. Like when I was listening to Naked Jakey talk about uh dark dark souls that was like i could hear the same ideas going on my head about fall of war which is so weird because i imagine dark souls such so much better of a good game than fall Four. but i don't know for me fall four will always be one of the best games uh that being said thank you for your time and uh adios Mm